Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to Go Champions Radio, Season 4, Episode 11. Today we'll be talking about the wonderful world of collaboration endpoints with John Yost. John is a technical marketing engineer from the Collaboration Technology Group. He's the guy you go to with all your questions at shows and other places. Rumor has it that he was also recently seen on a horse racing track in Southern California singing the American National Anthem. I don't believe any of the horses kneel. I am Kim Austin from the Cisco Champion Program Team and Cisco Collaboration Marketing, and I'll be playing the part of moderator and host today, so double the fun. But enough about me. Uh, John, can you introduce yourself, and what do you do here at this lovely Cisco company? Well, my name is John Yost. Uh, as stated, I'm a technical marketing engineer with Collaboration. Um, within the uh, endpoints group. So needless to say, herding cats is one of my, from a technology standpoint, is one of my duties. Um, I've been in video conferencing, the, the, as a general term, the industry since uh, 94. So I've been lucky enough to maintain a career in this niche, wonderful niche field that we still have uh, going here because everyone seems to think video conferencing has no future, but uh, it keeps going on. We, we seem to find a way to make collaboration uh, important and uh, productive. So um, I've uh, uh, primarily had a focus with hardware on the, within, the, within this field, so Endpoints has been my uh, focus throughout my career, and I've been with Wire One. I've been with British Telecom. I actually started my career with Compression Labs, CLI, if, for those of you that may go way in the Wayback Machine. Um, so uh, with that, I uh, will throw it back over to Kim, unless anyone has any specific questions about my background. We'll work the singing in later. Uh, well, so oh, yeah. You're ta- you, you, you made an interesting point. So you were talking about, you know, some people wonder if video conferencing is, you know, has legs, so to speak. But, you know, when we talk about endpoints, one of the things we talk about is desktop, desktop endpoints. And so where are those in the smartphone world? You know, what are your thoughts about whether desk phones are dead? I know there's all sorts of fun debate about that. Where are you on that? Uh, yeah, so um, if I'm if I'm towing the party line, and when you know Rowan first uh, came to the collaboration group, one of his mantras was, uh, you know, who needs a physical phone on their desk still? 
um, our sales numbers around phones in particular would say that there is still a very large percentage of people out there that like whether or not they actually use them productively they still like having it's almost like a security blanket having a phone on their desk um, people still view their smartphones and smart devices as personal devices albeit personal devices that have a link back into the corporate world however they don't want to be generally seen as a corporate device that they're tied to. So the phone on their desk, the soft phone on their on their laptops or other devices provides the more uh, corporate identity that uh, people will associate with. Um, there is still a and, and 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 let me preface this by saying a lot of this is uh, uh, a lot of my current knowledge is is North America Western U you know U S focused um, because uh, I was just having a conversation at the EMEA VTs around uh, voicemail because apparently voicemail is not widely used in Europe and they it never has been so uh, they've got other. Uh, priorities around the phone. So a physical phone isn't as necessary as a as a, a demarcation point for things like voicemail and voicemail boxes and and whatnot. So um, <clears throat> we continue to innovate our phones as a means of not being the the primary collaboration device, but definitely being a supporting actor, actress in the overall collaboration story. So there are still times where just picking up a phone and having a quick voice conversation, you know, the, the we're so we have so much muscle memory around the act of picking up a handset and dialing on the dial pad that that is still a quicker workflow than mousing around your desktop, bringing up a soft client, you know, and, and doing it that way. Um, there are some people that still that still like that, and then certainly in the call center, the uh, the the workflow around physical phones, multiple lines, and some of the technologies that are built into our phones that are not available in soft clients still necessitate the use of having that hardware on the desktop. I think there's also, just because I'm annoying and I'm going to jump in with my own opinion, <laughs> um, I think there's also an industry difference. So some industries you know, they're not people who are mobile running around need to have the work number accessible all the time. You know, they go to they go to work, they ha they're at a workstation, whether it's a, a nursing station in a hospital or, uh, you know, an office in a manufacturing area um, or, you know, like you said, call center. So those folks, you know, they don't want or need all of, you know, access on a smartphone because of the, the nature of their work. You know, when we're talking about, you know, a lot of people on this call, they're on the move, traveling a lot, they need to be accessible 24-7, um, they do messaging and they do phones, you know, something like, oh, Cisco Spark or Cisco Jabber, um, you know, so that they can be everywhere at once. Uh, but as, as much as we like to think that we are the, the sum total of the world's workforce, it, it turns out that we're not. So, you know, a lot of us think about smartphones and desk phones, 
you know, one replacing the other, but uh, I think there's a lot of industries and regions out there that, that are a little different. So, but enough about me. So um, moving on to some of the bigger devices. So, you know, our portfolio is, you know, actually really broad. Can you dig into some of the newer room endpoints like the room kits and the room systems? Absolutely. So we uh, we recently, recently being earlier this calendar year, announced some new updates to our room-based systems. So we have the new Spark Room Kit and the Spark Room Kit Plus, and I want to be sure to get the actual names out there, and I'm sure that uh, that will uh, generate some questions right off the bat, and I will try and intercept those and answer them now. So yes, the official name of the devices are the Spark Room Kit and Spark Room Kit Plus, as well as the Spark Room 55, which is a multi-purpose system. Uh, these are these were developed as Spark endpoints in the sense that they can natively register to Spark and uh, and and do all the conferencing and take advantage of the, the various microservices that the, that the Spark Cloud offering has. With that being said, these are based on our CE code uh, for room systems, which means they can also register on-prem to uh, communications manager or call manager, depending on how long you've been in the industry, and uh, VCS. So um, these, these are across the board, they will register to any environment, any call control that Cisco supports natively. And um, they are, they, where they slot in, in the, per, in the portfolio. So we currently have the, the SX series of room systems, the SX10, the SX20, and the SX80. The room kit, the, the standard Spark room kit, slots in uh, roughly in between uh, the SX10 and the SX20. And, and why it slots in slightly below the SX20 has to do with the fact that the room kit is an all-in-one media bar type codec. If you have not seen it, it looks like a speaker bar that uh, you see uh, popular these days. It's, it's long and shallow, and it's designed to sit atop a flat screen up on the wall. It has an integrated camera, has integrated voice pickup microphones, as well as integrated speakers. So it is a true all-in-one device with the only device on the table being the touch panel. Um, it does have the capability of external mics, so you can plug in an additional mic if you need additional voice pickup at the table. Um, and uh, but the, the it is it does not have the capability to add an additional camera, so like a a, a P60 or P40 of the uh, Precision HD cameras. So with the SX20 using the the higher end cameras and uh, pan tilt zoom cameras, that there's still a difference in market where those where those are offered. The camera in the room kit, and I'll go ahead and speak, speaking of the, the cameras, I'll speak to both the room kit and room kit plus. The camera in the room kit is a fixed camera, fixed optics camera with a 
5K sensor behind the optics. And what that 5K sensor allows us to do is capture a, and it has an 83 degree field of view. So we capture an extremely wide field of view of the room with this, with this sensor. And we, we take that full 5K of information, we store it in a frame buffer. And from that frame buffer, we can uh, send coordinates. So we have a speaker track like functionality that allows us to track the, to find the speakers in the room. And once the system triangulates on where the speaker is, it creates a best view crop of the frame buffer. So we can send those coordinates directly into the frame buffer and those coordinates comprise a true pixel for pixel 1080p crop that we then send to the screen. So we are only doing 1080p video still. Um, the, the business cases for 4K video just don't, um, don't yet reach the uh, level that the investment in, in both bandwidth and, and technology would cost right now. So 1080p video is still the, uh, the, the top video choice for our systems. So with that, we can send the, you know, true 1080p crops directly to the screen. So that means no uh, scaling, no transcoding, none of the artifacting that you get with a digital zoom. So we're not doing any kind of zooming. We're actually taking a true pixel crop out of the frame buffer and sending it to the screen. And we do that at wire speed. So the switching between speakers is much quicker than it would be with a pan tilt zoom camera that has to seek out and move. So we get rid of the latency, the mechanical latency of say the traditional speaker track system that we have that uses the two, the two cameras. Um, now this doesn't replace the speaker track, the full-blown speaker track system. There are still advantages to having the, the full speaker track system uh, with the with the P60 cameras and the the better zoom, better optics. So the uh, the digital crops, a 1080p uh, digital crop out of a 5K sensor equates to somewhere around a 5.3, 5.4x zoom. <clears throat> so with the RoomKit Plus, we uh, it's de it's definitely designed for the small to to medium size conference rooms, up to like seven people. Uh, the RoomKit Plus uh, bumps that up to uh, roughly 14 people as far, and that has nothing to do with the amount of people that that the 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 system can track. It just has to do with the the size of the room and the typical number of people you would have in that comfortably in that size of room. So those numbers are not hard figures as far as functionality of the system go. Um, with the RoomKit Plus, there is it has that same uh, best overview camera, the 83 degree field of view camera, um, as well as three smaller 50 degree field of view cameras that are set at uh, pre uh, uh, predetermined angles. So with that additional cluster of smaller cameras with the narrower field of view, we're able to uh, get more people on a table. So if you have 14 people around a table and it, it extends further out from the, uh, from the system, we're able to more quickly identify 
different people and switch them with the uh, with the angles uh, preset to the sides of the table and the head of the table. And also the other issue with more people is an 83 degree field of view uh, optics camera, the further out you go, you do get a little of that uh, fisheye barreling effect the further away from the camera you go. So with more people in the room and the room kit plus, we're able to get around that issue by using, again, the narrower 50-degree field of view cameras that are at, set at predefined angles for the people around the table. The Room Kit Plus is also a two-component system. It is a media bar with camera and speakers. However, the codec itself is a separate codec. So it's uh, slightly more integrator friendly. So you can add additional inputs. It has uh, two content inputs as opposed to the single content input on the room kit. And um, it has the capability I, in the next firmware release, we will have the capability of using the uh, the P60 precision cameras with it as well as the the quad camera, which the media bar is is what we refer to as the quad camera for the RoomKit Plus, and that quad camera will also be uh, migratable down to the uh, SX80 platform as well. So that becomes another camera option for people that don't want to use the speaker track. The, the ST60, the full-blown speaker track, because of uh, issues l like distraction. People, you know, they, they like the functionality of the speaker track, but some customers have complained about the distraction of the moving cameras. So the quad camera being an all-fixed, excuse me, an all-fixed optics solution removes that uh, mechanical distraction from the, from the room. The... Uh, uh, RoomKit Plus also, all four cameras in the RoomKit Plus also have the same 5K sensor in them and operate in the same fashion by using the, the frame buffer and taking crops out of the frame buffer. The, uh, um, again, the RoomKit Plus is more integrator friendly, so that's going to be the choice. Uh, it, it slots in slightly below an SX80. Uh, the SX80 still has more inputs and outputs, so it's it's a higher-end integrator-friendly codec. That actually ties in well, I think, to the question that we just got from Chris Brown in scenic Florida, and I hope he made it through the storms okay. Um, can you speak to the LG optimization that was discussed during the announcement and what does that entail? Yeah, so uh, so the, the, the BU has gone back and forth on the LG. We do have a, a cooperative effort with LG. I don't want to call it necessarily a partnership officially, but they, they we wanted to use their 4K screens as the recommended solution, specifically the digital signage commercial 4K panels, the ones that, that are in all the decks that, that we recommend. Those, those panels, in order for them to be a recommended solution, uh, we went to LG and basically asked them, it's like, okay, we need you know, a couple things from you, and they were willing to do it. So what they did is they color calibrated their panel using the built-in standard um, uh, color calibration 
system in the panel. So there's nothing proprietary here, but they added a, a profile in there that match, matches the characteristics of our camera sensor. So, um, you know, color reproduction and such is, is much more natural with the panel. So that's, that's one optimization. The other optimization is around the HDMI CEC protocol, the Consumer Electronics Control Protocol. And what that protocol is, is it's, an, it's, it's built into the HDMI digital video stream and it allows you to pass control signals to other devices like Blu-ray players, uh, uh, TVs, to, uh, to any device that supports CEC control. So between the codec and to maximize the compatibility of our RoomKit codecs, we implemented the, the full spec of the CEC protocol. So let me take a step back. The HDMI CEC protocol is a compartmentalized protocol. You don't, you're not required to implement the entire uh, breadth of the protocol. You can you you can only uh, implement you know what you deem necessary for your devices to work, and that has caused widespread incompatibility issues at a consumer level. You know as long as you stick within manufacturer uh, homogenous environments, then you get uh, you know LG panels to LG Blu-ray players to LG whatever. It, you're you're fairly confident things are going to work, but the minute you mix an LG panel with a Sony Blu-ray player, there could be some incompatibilities. And um, so we implemented the entire specification uh, as written in the codec, and we asked LG to do the same. So their digital signage panels do support the full breadth of the HDMI CEC protocol. And at launch, and, and there are more features that are going to be coming over time. This is an iterative uh, effort. So at, at the time of release, we are supporting uh, coordinated sleep and wake up. So when the codec goes to sleep, the panels go to sleep. When a call comes in to the codec, the panels wake up. If you are on an auxiliary input on the uh, codec, then the pan when a call comes in, I'm sorry, when you're on an auxiliary input on the panel, the a call comes into the codec, the codec will instruct the panel to swap inputs over to the the input that the codec is on to receive the call. So there, there are other planned functions. Um, I'm not deeply involved in the development of that, so I don't know what other functions are coming. But suffice it to say, they, they have said they're having fun figuring out different ways to get the, the codec and panels to, to talk to each other and, and do other fancy stuff. Does that answer your question, Mr. Chris? Brown. It did. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, I don't know if Berkzilla is uh, is setting me up here because this question confuses the daylights out of me. But you know, I'm new here. It's a Jabber question. Oh, when will okay. Jabber support whisper coaching? Uh, when will Jabber support what again? Whisper coaching. Whisper coaching. It, uh, I have not 
heard of that term, but if I put okay, my educated on. guess, yeah, if I put my educated guess hat on, that has to do with some sort of back channel is, is like a, I, I uh, sounds like something in this, like a call center where you could have someone plugged into the same channel as the, as the agent and you could have a senior agent maybe listening in and talking in the microphone, but only the agent can hear it and maybe the audio isn't passed through. Um, That's so what Joel has confirmed, confirmed that, that the manager, oh my God, and there's, uh, the man, like, and it's, the manager is audible only to the the customer service rep, not to the caller on the other end. Apparently, Avaya may use this <clears throat> term uh, while they still exist. Um, yeah. So, with that being said, I do not. Um, that's not something that has been talked about with Jabber. Um, Jabber. Uh, so publicly. Uh, it was announced that Jabber was feature complete, so I don't know if uh, if that's not in the roadmap, that's not something that's probably going to be delivered. I would suggest if that is something that is important and there is a business uh, opportunity there, certainly uh, uh, bubble that up through the uh, BU with specifics on that because I, I, I know the Jabber team is is uh, definitely chomping at the bit at anything to, to keep them um, to keep them relevant in in this uh, spark dominated world at the moment and so but uh, definitely uh, definitely keep that conversation going if that's important. So now that I know what uh, whisper coaching is, I, I, I feel much smarter actually right now. It makes a lot of sense when you guys explain it to me. Thank you. Um, I know that we're adding a lot of uh, built-in analytics to a lot of the endpoints. So you know we talk about the the delightful user experience, but I know that there's an effort to make the you know. User experience may be delightful, but if the admin and the management experience behind the scenes isn't uh, delightful, then you know half the people on this call are angry. So, you know, what are what are we doing with some of these built-in analytics to make the admin experience delightful, the implementation and the management and all that good stuff? So, one of the things with our new uh, that we've introduced with our new room kit series of systems is 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 a built-in analytics engine so uh, with the higher processing and the and the better sensors that we have in the system we're able to track people's faces and do uh, uh, make sure I use one of them is more legal than the other um, facial recognition is it's capable of facial recognition, but what we're doing as of today is facial detection. So we're able to count the number of people in a room and we can provide uh, analytics back to the admin on um, uh, uh, 
conference productivity in the sense of, you know, if you set up a conference where only two people show up versus 20 people, is, you know, room usability, you know, it, we, you just spent whatever, $300,000 upgrading a room to a custom room and it only gets used once every six months. So with, with the analytics, we're able to, and those, those all those, there's people count, there's, um, there's, uh, there's an audio component that can measure, you know, how much audio is actually, so if you have 20 people in a room but no one ever speaks, you know, is, is, would that meeting have been best served as a broadcast versus using up uh, more resources as a, as a two-way video conference? So there's, there's things that now can be looked at from the admin standpoint, and they all have to do with, you know, making the rooms smarter to enable admins and enable the, the finance people to justify uh, spending money versus, um, you know, decommissioning rooms and moving resources elsewhere. So we, we have, we were definitely trying to look at both, as, as Kim mentioned, Cisco CTG has always been focused on the user experience as, as what's presented from the glass to the end user. And now what we're looking at is what's happening behind the glass and uh, definitely looking at the, uh, the admin and the network uh, administrators as far as uh, their jobs and making their jobs easier and giving them better data. Because again, in this, in this digital age, it's all about data and how well you use the data you can gather. Is there a dust detection feature on the spark board so you can tell if people are actually using them? <laughs> so, well, I mean, with, so, so with, with, yeah, I mean, with the proximity technology that's, that's built into our, our systems as well, when you walk in, if you have spark on your mobile device, and you walk into a spark enabled conference room you know you you can definitely tell how many people have paired with the with the device and whether or not they have interacted with the device either sharing content or consuming content so your mobile in a in a spark enabled room um your your handheld device actually becomes like an additional monitor in the room so you can actually when someone shares content you can receive that content on your on your mobile devices as well very cool so there's a good um well there's there's another question right here so joel asks it's ultrasonic pairing ultrasonic detection and pairing it's not bluetooth so is that is the yeah. How is that done? Yeah. So the the pairing is done using um, actual. Uh, it's 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 you know if you put your your ear up to a, a speaker and turn the volume up, you, you could probably detect the faintest of you know high frequency buzzes coming from the the from the system. So by definition, it is not ultrasound. Um, it is it is ultrasonic in a more generalized you know it, the 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 frequencies are placed above the general hearing range of of humans and dogs for that matter um, so you're not going to you know drive any uh, service animals crazy in the room um, the uh, uh, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, 
Um, the, the pairing is done by delivering uh, uh, can, uh, pairing uh, IP information basically to, to pair with the system at a network level. So with that being said, the, the, you do have to be on the same network as the device for the pairing to work. So I can't go sit outside somebody's conference room and, because I've got Bluetooth or intelligent proximity. I can't just go sit outside their conference room and eavesdrop. I have to be in the room on the network and yeah. So so that that actually brings up a good question. So the the ultrasonic pairing volume is configurable within the systems in order to minimize. So you you know there may be some some rooms are better audio uh, isolated than others and maybe have better um, uh, acoustic paneling and such to to keep audio signals from from leaving the room. But yeah, certainly you don't want the idea is to not allow someone just you know casually walking by a room to to accidentally pair with the system. So you can definitely tweak rooms. So if you have a more open environment, you can tweak the volume down, and that effectively uh, manages the distance at which people. Uh, which mobile devices will will pick this up. Now, with all of that being said, every mobile device, every speaker and microphone combination in mobile devices are generally different. So, it's it, it's going to be one of those. Your mileage may vary based on what kind of mobile device, how old it is, you know, how well the 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 pickup pattern of the microphone is in the in the mobile device and so forth. So. It's it's not a perfect solution, but it's certainly we feel better than a lot of our competitor solutions out there for for securely uh, uh, you know pairing with with systems and keeping it in the conference room. Cool. So another question is, how does the Spark Room Fifty Five compare to an MX Three Hundred? So these are. Uh, the Spark Room 55 is a replacement for the MX uh, Generation 2 systems. And uh, uh, moving forward, we and you're going to want to keep your your ear to the to the ground here in the next uh, couple days. There there will be some exciting announcements around the Room Spark Room systems. Um, the Room 55 differs in one major way in that it uses the the camera technology from the Room Kit systems, whereas the the older MX series uses the traditional pan tilt zoom precision camera technology. Uh, the other differences being that the the Room Kit systems are are 4K content enabled. The Room Kit is also 4K content enabled. Uh, the MX uh, series of endpoints is still at uh, 1080p content. So those are the major. So all of the enhancements of the of the uh, of the Room Kit series over the SX20 are going to be roughly the same improvements of the MX over the Room 55 because the, the MX series was based on the same architecture as the SX20. So those features parallel over into that family. And the Room 55 is based on the technology of the, of the Room Kit series. So those features are going to parallel over as well.
I'm going to have to pay Chris because he's asking questions that I actually have. So all works out nicely. <laughs> so what, what, let's just ask a really hard question. If uh, that, I didn't prep you for this one, are you ready? Okay. All right, so close your eyes. Uh, five years from now, what's the coolest thing happening at Endpoints? Five years from now, um, so we we've obviously, if you've if you've been uh, paying attention at our shows and listening to uh, uh, Rowan specifically and to other executives, we are we are investing in artificial intelligence. We uh, you know purchased a company recently, MindMeld, that has a uh, an AI component to their to their business, obviously. And um, so five years from now, the, the, the cool feature is basically going to be, in my mind, walking into a room and having the system basically greet you because it knows exactly who you are and not necessarily by, uh, you know, pairing your phone. If your phone is off or you forgot your phone, the system should still be able to, and this is where some of the facial detection uh, capabilities will probably come into play, you know, being able to recognize people in a room, greet you in a natural language and interact with you to uh, basically remove technology, remove the the presence of technology from the technology, if that makes sense. So it feels like you walk into a room and, and you're basically just greeted with a, a, a human. So that's that's where I see a lot of this going. The 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 most technology transparent conference room that we can come up with, where you just walk in and meetings just happen naturally as if you were meeting someone one-on-one -on -one in a conference room with no technology in it. That that would be the ultimate experience. Joel was thinking more like uh, a hologram. Uh, of oh, going Atlanta. going Star Trek with holodeck technology. Sure. He was going Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly there's, there's lots of... Uh, you know, we've talked about this at shows where, you know, you could have everyone you know, sit at their, sit at, not even go to a conference room. Everyone sits at their desk and puts on a VR uh, mask and, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're in a virtual conference room as well. Stuff stuff of that nature. You never have to leave your home for that matter to, to go into work. You can just have your whole office virtualized in in the cloud and, you know, interact with people through uh, through a VR interface. Um, as far as holograms go, uh, we did show a holographic demo a number of years ago with uh, John Chambers, and um, as a as a as a technology proof of concept, I mean the technology is out there. the The issue I think right now is holograms aren't quite up to the level of what the human visual acuity relates to as an actual person or entity the the substance of of holograms still looks uh fake and manufactured in that sense so um in 5 years could that possibly increase sure there's so many different ways of doing holograms you know projecting uh 
uh, images and objects in a in a 3D type environment where you don't have to have uh, glass panels doing doing refractive uh, qualities to to get that in there, and you could just project someone sitting in a seat. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure they're working on uh, stuff like that, but. Uh, I don't know that uh, I don't know that CTG is is quite committed to putting pen to paper on on those technologies just yet. So I probably shouldn't start, you know, banking my son's college education on have you hugged a hologram today bumper stickers. <laughs> hey, if you can start a viral movement and uh, you get people throwing money at Cisco to to create uh, Huggable holograms. I, I think you need to go out and grab that domain name right now. By the way, um, that I, I think we're we're starting a grassroots movement here. I'm pretty sure uh, Joel Sprague already got it. Because he and Chris Brown are arm wrestling for it right now at GoDaddy. Does anybody else have any um, questions that I can not? Uh, Ernest jokes, maybe. Um, or do you have any parting words for us, Mr. Mr. Yost? Or would you like to sing? Uh, sing? Well, so my 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 flavor of singing is is barbershop harmony. One one guy singing barbershop harmony is not impressive. I need three other guys to make it sound impressive. Um, All right, so we've got but, Ryan but, and Jeremiah and Joel. So um, I, I, I will uh, say for those that are, are wondering about that, we didn't really talk about the DX platform as much. Uh, the, uh, the DX family is still being innovated with. Um, you, if you've been to our shows recently over the last year, we have been showing the uh, whiteboard functionality on DX and uh, collaborating with the with the whiteboard functionality with Sparkboard and with um, uh, clients, mobile clients as well. Uh, so that is a, a feature that is coming very soon along with the uh, uh, shared mode and personal mode uh, additions to the to the DX family. So they are uh, feverishly working on that to get that experience to be rock solid and uh, and ready for prime time but uh, that that's an exciting feature for the I mean you have a you have a touch interface system on your desktop you know being able to interact with uh, someone uh, with a whiteboard just makes sense so that's cool I like that I like my DX all right well we're going to wrap this up, but uh, this has been episode 11 of Cisco Champions Radio Season 4. I want to thank everybody for joining us. We had a good group. And I especially want to thank uh, John for sharing his insight uh, and uh, putting up with me for not being a well-prepared host. Thanks. Um, as always, thanks to everyone for joining and participating, and look for this episode and other fabulous episodes on iTunes and blogs.cisco.com slash perspectives. 
I'm Kim Austin, and I've played the part of today's moderator. Tune in next week, and in the meantime, I'll see you in Cisco Spark and the Twitterverse at Cisco Kimma. Over and out for now. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.